0: Are you an empath trying to launch or grow a business but are finding it difficult to navigate through the process? Are you trying to employ the law of attraction and doing shadow work regularly but are still experiencing obstacles that seem impossible to overcome when it comes to your business? Then stay tuned because this conversation with Amanda Flaker could be the catalyst to get you out of that rut. Welcome to Launching Light, the podcast for light workers and spiritual entrepreneurs to get tips and inspiration to launch their light in the world via their sacred business. I'm your host, Coach Bianca from FuelYourMagic.com. Are you seeking ways to raise your vibe to rise in your business? If so, keep on listening. Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast where I chat with Amanda Flaker. Amanda describes herself as a YouTuber, content creator, and coach for Empath Entrepreneurs. But I feel, and you'll most likely soon realize from this interview too, that she is so much more. She is definitely tuned into divine wisdom, channels it, and expresses it in language that is so relatable and easy to understand. During our conversation, just a few topics we touch on are the unique obstacles of running a business as an empath, the lack matrix versus the abundance matrix, shadow work and shadow contracts, and so much more. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Amanda. Welcome and thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really, really well. Um, I'm really excited to dive into this discussion about empath entrepreneurs. Um, I feel it's so important now more than ever to get empath entrepreneurs activated and serving where and how they came to serve. So I've been following you for quite a while and I feel like your work is so crucial for this. That's why I invited you here. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like your focus and your guidance is really connected to the flow and the direction that humanity is heading towards. And like, it doesn't feed into what is being dismantled currently. I I know you get what I'm talking about. (laughs) And I'm, I'm like, so thrilled that you're here and that you accepted my invite to be a guest. And I have a ton of questions. So I'm hoping that I can get through them all and not have a ridiculously long podcast, but <laughs> let's try. All right. So you're, are you ready to get started?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay, cool. So um, I provide a brief pre-recorded guest intro for every podcast, but I do love to start off with asking each guest to introduce themselves. So can you describe a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I would say primarily I'm a content creator and a mentor. I do I've been on YouTube for I think about 7 years now in terms wow. of like actually consistently producing content and I really just started out sharing things that I was curious about curious to see if anyone else resonated with honestly I didn't really start out with a plan to do a business around this I didn't really know what I was doing I just wanted to <laughs> start the conversation and it turned into something so much more and so much bigger than I expected. But, uh, after putting content out for a while, I started having people ask me if I could work with them personally. And so I started doing that. And then I realized, it seemed like where my, where my passion was and my, where I felt really excited is working with other entrepreneurs and especially ones who, ha- who were kind of where I was when I first started. Um, and that has, it, it created a whole different conversation around what it means to create a business when you're empathic, when you're sensitive, when you're not, when you're not the typical kind of type A nine to five personality, um, when you don't really resonate with the way business has been done typically mm. historically in the lack matrix. And so I just started really experimenting and doing things my own way. And it evolved into something, like I said, so much bigger than I expected. But I now primarily work with and speak to on my YouTube channel, Empath Entrepreneurs.
0: Was it difficult for you to like take it from um, just speaking about um, what you wanted to speak about and connect with people to see if there were people out there like yourself and transform it into um turning into a business was it difficult for you because i've noticed that so many empaths have a hard time getting started in business Mm -hmm. so it's like um you know so many obstacles come up and you know like i'm just wondering if you had any obstacles that you had to overcome when you first started to say oh i'm gonna start coaching now because people are asking for it um now what
1: (laughs) yeah I, of course I did. I, I think the biggest thing I realized was where I had shadow contracts, where I did things that were out of alignment because I wanted to please people or do the right thing or say yes to everything or just say yes because I needed money or or it's trying to speak to everyone in in the beginning. But I would say the biggest thing was was having to overcome that voice that inner voice that says who do you think you are mm. why do you think you have anything to offer what who gives a who gives a damn about what you have to say like that sort of voice and i i really started seeing as i did youtube and as i just started challenging myself to speak anyway and to do it anyway even regardless of that voice i saw how much of a psychic connection we can have with our audience when we're online and how your deepest fears will be reflected back to you. And then I started seeing how they were, that my audience was honestly responding to the thought stream that I was tuning into. So when I started getting really nuanced in the sense of paying really close attention to what I truly wanted to talk about, who I truly wanted to talk to what my soul was truly urging to say and move towards that, regardless of that inner voice, it seems like that's when things really started taking off. And I I started feeling like I was getting the the hang of this psychic conversation that, that I'm having online. And it also is when I started realizing how much the internet is a reflection of the astrals mm. and how when I set things up from the inside out, I lined up so much easier than when I... Than when I tried to set things up from the outside in, like try to get all the outside stuff perfect, and then hope that on the back end I would manifest the the, the clients I wanted or the audience that I wanted, but it actually was the opposite. I had to really get. It, it was it was so interesting because in the beginning I I found myself so often catering to the energy that would come in instead of letting my soul's creative urge lead it. I don't know if that's making sense what I'm saying, but that's, yeah, yeah totally. Overcome.
0: <laughs> isn't, isn't that the empaths way though? I mean, it's like you always look outside of yourself and, and serve other people before you look to yourself. Right. So,
1: exactly, Yep.
0: And, and they do say that running a business is like one of the best ways to go into self-development because it'll bring up all of your issues, all of your issues to deal with, you know, so.
1: Yeah, it so does. And it's right in your face. And, for right now because I have a rhythm going with my business and it's the only thing that I do. I don't have any other source of income. when I've noticed that when I'm in alignment and when I'm practicing what I preach, thing the momentum is so fast and things come out of the blue and life just gets more magical and more magical. And then when I'm off, especially in it's I've noticed it's the smallest things. It's like attending to the smallest things makes the biggest difference. And when I neglect the small things, all of a sudden, everything's off and nothing works. And so it makes sense to me that it would be one of the most powerful tools for self-development because you you literally instantly get reflected back to you where you're at.
0: Right. And and would you say that those small things a lot of the time have to do with um, things that serve you for your highest good, what you need for yourself to be happy and enjoy right. and feeling good?
1: <laughs> yes. It's that what you just said a minute ago about how empaths tend to, put other people first or not tune into what they need. And it's that it's if I'm if my self care goes out the window, everything goes out the window. And it's amazing how quickly it's like hitting a brick wall, because the momentum's going so quickly in the other direction. So it's almost like I've created a situation where I have it doesn't work for anyone, me or my clients or my channel or anything that I'm doing. If I don't actually Put myself first and not even just put myself first it goes beyond that but actually care about what i want actually mm. fuel my true desires that's where the rhythm and all the power is is when i'm tuning into my true like i said creative urge
0: right it's it's sort of like that saying that you know it's become so cliche, like, you know, you gotta, you can't help, you, you can't, you gotta drink from, you know, a full cup or whatever, like, yeah. or put the mask on yourself first before you help others, or, yes. you know, and, you know, if, 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 uh, if you don't include yourself in the equation of, you know, helping others, if you're not included, then it's not, it's not complete. I mean, that's, yep. I think that's a roomie quote or something. So it's like, it's, it's become so cliche and it's like, yeah, 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 I know, but knowing and actually embodying that are two different things. And I feel that that's where your teachings about the lack matrix and the abundance matrix are so important because we can talk about these things all day long and know them mentally, but it's like we're so programmed in lack that subconsciously we just can't, it, it's very difficult to get out of it because we're so programmed. That's why I feel like understanding the actual programming of what we're in and how to get out of that is so important. So if we can like backtrack just a little bit, because you have your own kind of languaging. Mm
1: -hmm. I love your
0: languaging, by the way. It's very um, to the point. Um, Can you just give like a rundown of what your definition of the abundance matrix is, the lack matrix is, the definitions of each, and also what are shadow contracts? Because you mentioned that before as well.
1: Yeah, I would say those three things that you just mentioned have been the crux of everything I've Mm -hmm. been pulling through and understanding. And I I think when I was going through everything that I talked about earlier, which is understanding how to run a business and and what actually was useful and what wasn't and what motivated me to do things that were out of alignment, I realized when 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 I started looking deeper at like, why do I have these habits? Or why do I do these things that, or why do I naturally cater to others? Or why do I, why do I take a client, even when my intuition says, no, that's, she's Mm -hmm. not right, or he or she's not right for you. Um, And in the beginning, I did that a few times where my instinct would just say, that's not a good fit, but I would do it just because I needed money. And then I really started tuning into what is this survival thing? I need money. And why do we sacrifice when we need money or when we're in situations where we feel like there's only two choices? Well, it's I either take this client or I don't have money. And I started realizing that every time I would compromise or sacrifice, I was in an either or scenario in my mind. And I started realize I started asking myself, is it true that if I don't take this client, I won't have money to pay my bills? for example. And when I really started digging into what was really motivating that, that's when I started realizing it's a core belief in lack. It's a core belief that there's not enough. And it's it's when I started tapping into that that I felt like I started getting these just massive downloads about the what I call the lack matrix and it just came through like that. I don't really remember how or why, but it just came through as this is that this whole world, everything that we interact with our, how do I want to say this best? Our beliefs create our reality. And that's something mm-hmm. that I already believed in, and, and saw evidence of over and over in my life. And I started realizing how the collective primarily has a core belief in lack, that we believe there's not enough. And and, and we're not enough. And that the only, so the only people that are allowed to receive are the ones who are worthy. And you've probably heard me say this so much, but that, and so we have to create this game to decide who's worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we end up giving our creative energy to instead of what we truly want. And I remember when I was first starting out my business, I, that was my biggest question is like, how do we, I know it's possible to do what you truly want and to make money off of it as well. But why is there all, as soon as we make a business, why are these, all these hoops that we have to jump through and all these things we don't want to do because someone else says, this is how you have to do it to have a business. And, and why do we just naturally go into that mode? And so that's when that, the whole lack matrix started making itself clear to me. And I started asking, well, what's the opposite of that? And I heard, well, that the opposite would be a core belief that there's enough. Because if we believe there's enough and we believe we're enough, then we wouldn't have to sacrifice. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. have to go to war. If I understood there was an infinite amount of possibilities, I wouldn't break it down to, I have to take this client, even though I don't want to, I would ask my, I would tune into more like, well, what other options are there? What do I really want? What, or what kind of client do I want? Who, who is he or she? And that's when I started really putting together this whole psychic piece to it, that if I'm allowing what I now call urge and you've heard me say this is urge is something that Rachel Jensen, who's a Mm -hmm. a colleague and good friend of mine um, teaches. She's the one who really helped me start understanding like urge is what is what we need to tune into to navigate abundance because our urge is always leading us towards expansion and towards evolution. And, and it's just that, that that our natural life force within us. And so the, when I really started tuning into abundance and realizing, okay, if there are an infinite amount of options and if at a core level, there is enough, what does the world look like when we, what does my world look like when I operate from that space? And that's when I started realizing, Oh my gosh, this is the heaven on earth piece. Mm -hmm. Heaven on earth means we, we don't, we're not living in lack. We're not living in sacrifice. We're out of that whole matrix of sacrifice because our needs are met and there's enough. And in order for me to feel like my needs are met and there's enough, I've got to really be tuning into what I truly want. And that's when I realized, wow, we are so programmed to be out of alignment with our urge because we are so programmed to sacrifice because we so at a deep level believe there's not enough and we've all experienced trauma lack literally is trauma all trauma comes from a belief in lack mm-hmm. or from an experience of lack of not having enough so I I realized wow this is where the healing is that to me it was like breaking it down to the bare bones of like this is the crux of it all and I want that core programming in me in me shifted how do I delete the old narrative the old program and the old the way that it functions, and how do I navigate differently? And that's mm. when I started realizing lack is a reward and punishment system. Like when you determine who's worthy and who's unworthy, who's worthy, you give love, you love bomb, or you get what you want, or you that we give attention to, and who's unworthy, we punish, and we we cut out of our lives, or we shut out. And I started realizing all the the ways that we navigate our life when we 're basing it on survival and lack versus how we navigate when we 're in our joy when we 're in our hearts when we 're in abundance when we're not, when we are in our urge and i 've just made it my sole intention to navigate my life via abundance rather than lack
0: wow, that is a huge huge shift
1: yeah, it is massive, and i 'm still learning i mean it's deprogramming takes mm. so much time because it 's so. Like I said, we're born into it. We've been so Mm -hmm. deeply programmed with it. The collective reflects it back to us over and over. People think you're crazy if you don't believe in the either or scenario. But once I really started under, now I have red flags. I know if I'm I'm being presented with this idea, it's this or that. You either, you make one decision and it's the choice between two evils. You know, instantly you're in lack. That is not true. There is an infinite amount of realities we're just not thinking creatively enough when we put ourselves in that situation
0: right you had mentioned that we're like deeply programmed and it's it's a psychological thing but i also think that it's a, a biological thing too it's probably in our dna from doing this over and over and over again and, yeah. and i really do want to get into the physical part a little bit later um and i can see like how the lack matrix how it's like played a role in terms of like empaths having businesses, creating businesses, because like, I think back about like how I feel like completely allergic to the idea of routine, like nine to five, like being on the hamster wheel and you know, you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom practically. It's, I'm so allergic to that. And (laughs) I, I think most empaths are, but they do it because they feel that they have to and that's just the way that it is because of the programming um and 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 also like um when i think about um marketing like now you're in business right and you're on social media or you're doing a facebook ad or which i can't stand either i can't stand ads but (laughs) you see i'm very anti-marketing um just the idea of um the way marketing is set up to trigger the audience to feel like they're unworthy. So in order to be worthy, you have to give me money and I'll show you the way to be worthy and to be better. And it's just so icky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I mean, how do empaths get over that? How do they connect to, how can they connect to abundance and not be so attached to the lack matrix and re reorient their thinking so that they can overcome that and actually share themselves with the world and what they want to do with people. Because I feel that's like the, one of the biggest humps and hurdles to get over.
1: For sure. Yeah. Well, for, for me, what has really helped? Well, first of all, we have to understand that when we're in survival, which is the lack matrix survival mode, the mind is what's leading it. The mind's Mm -hmm. in control the mind doesn't, it's trying to keep us safe, and it doesn't have access to abundance, which is the heart, that the heart is the space where all things exist, and where sort of the, that infinite, infinite, it's infinite space, it's infinite potential. So when the mind's in control, it is limited. And the mind, in order to get free from being controlled by the mind, the mind won't do something unless it sees there's logic to it. It, we, it. It's the mind is based on logic. So I had to start understanding that the lack matrix was nonsensical. If my ultimate goal was thriving, Mm-hmm. And the, my ultimate goal for the planet was thriving. And I, and I knew that that's, a, I know it's a possibility. I, you see evidence of it. We know people do thrive and, and people can live outside the system and people thrive outside the system. So I knew it was possible, but I had to see that the tactics of the lack matrix were nonsensical. And then I had to look at, well, so again, what would be the opposite of that? And what's more sensical? And, I, and I, that's when I really started tapping into the body aspect, which you, you brought up. But the, the tech of our bodies, if we really understood how our electromagnetic field worked and how our psychic abilities work and the role our emotions play in that and how that is literally responsible for, primarily responsible for the energy we're pulling in, the circumstances we're pulling in, and the things we are repelling from us when I started really understanding the tech of that, which is scientifically proven, we just, we haven't tapped into what that actually means because Mm -hmm. we're we're still, we're still hook, line and sinker in lack uh, and collectively. Mm -hmm. So but when I started really getting that, I thought, wow, if I could understand, if I could really start to understand how my own tech works, why couldn't I just psychically call in my clients instead of marketing? Why Mm -hmm. couldn't why how why couldn 't I shift my resonance to the point where I just line up to the world I want instead of trying to earn my way to that world through efforting as Abraham Hicks would say mm. and I, I realized that it it uh, first of all my mind saw saw it was nonsensical, and then my mind also had to see oh yeah it 's actually scientifically proven, we know that the electromagnetic field is. The living matrix around us and that it is determined through our thoughts, our emotions and our actions. The quality of our resonance is determined by those things. And that is determined that determines what we're actually calling into our reality. So I realized I just have to master that. I don't need a master jumping through hoops that someone else puts up to to prove like to say I'm worthy if I do it this way. Or like you brought up marketing, so much of it is just manipulative, just mm-hmm. flat out manipulative, whether we mean to or not. It's like trying to psychologically manipulate people into buying into what we have. But what I realize is that when we are tuned into our creative urge and we're speaking from that space, it's it's such a palpable pulse of life, it naturally calls forth others who are tuning into that same frequency. And it really truly does become effortless. And that's when I remember um, when Karis, Karis Melina Brown, she's also on YouTube and on Instagram, she and I were hanging out a lot at this part in my journey. And she, I remember her saying that synchronicity is a technology. And if we learned how to really write it, we wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have to rely on marketing and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I realized, damn, synchronicity truly is. It can be used as a tech. And it, so it goes again back to there's still a logic to what I'm doing. So my mind can be at rest with it. There's the mind wants to know. There's a logic to it. It makes sense. And and it's going to be beneficial for the ultimate goal. So I had to give my mind those things to have it make sense and, and having it make sense kind of set me free from continually giving my energy to that, to the lack matrix because I truly was able to see, wow, it, the lack matrix is nonsensical. It is mm-hmm. absolutely nonsensical. The end result is that you always end up with lack. You just create the same situations over and over and over and over, just slightly different characters in the roles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that that's kind of, where that's kind of how, I should say, I set myself free and just gave myself full permission to just do it a a different way. And I knew I was experimenting. I knew there was risk involved with that, but that actually seemed much more adventurous and fun than jumping through the hoops. I just can't stand the whole hoop bureaucracy thing. That's
0: (laughs) crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that um, attracted me to you in the first place to begin with, was that the way that you were reaching out to people, I must have heard your call, you know, mm-hmm. psychically. Yeah. And, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out because I like to look at at businesses as a hobby, right? I like to see what people are doing on their websites. And, you know, I find it interesting how people go about putting their, their work out there. And I, I just loved how you... Um, would speak on what you were speaking on. And then you're like, well, I have this, this, you know, program coming up. And if you're interested links there, it was just so like laid back. And so like, it is what it is. And if you resonate cool. And if not, okay. it was Laid back. It was like such a a relief. Like it was so, um, I don't know. it, It was a, it was a beautiful feeling to connect to other than what is usually out there. Um, but I guess like step one would be to realize that your mind, you know, you are not your mind. Your mind doesn't control you. So you have to have a relationship with your mind, right? Because you said, I had to, you know, switch the logic up with yep. my mind. So it's like you're having a relationship with your mind and and you're creating a relationship, like you say, with your your body and your heart and your mind, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they just operate from their minds, right? So I guess step one is to unravel from that so that you can see that you can have a relationship with your mind to begin with and that you can affect the thoughts that you're thinking. And it all starts to, you know, go from there. Um, But that's, that's difficult to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because we're not, I think as empaths in particular, we're not used to including including ourselves in the equation, as Mm -hmm. you said earlier. So we and by including ourselves, what what I realized for me that that meant is including how I felt in my body. Mm. Most empaths try to escape their body, or they're not in their body. They're like halfway in, and that's why a lot of empaths will have weight issues, like purposely. Well, I should say subconsciously, but it is it is strategic. Mm-hmm. Gain weight, have a lot of weight on them to kind of—it's that energy barrier from having right. to be that connected to their urge and from their magnetism of their urge pulling things in that they want. When we when we don't feel safe in the body, we create this sort of barrier. And and I feel like in order to actually have a relationship with the mind that's healthy, we have to know experientially, how our thoughts are affecting our body, which means being really tuned into the body and then really tuned into our urge, really tuned into our pleasure, really tuned into our senses. And when you're already highly sensitive and you're already empathic, it can be scary to do that. So I find a lot of empaths when they're unskilled or unhealed in their emotions, they, they, they use their body as a way to hide instead of a, a way to navigate.
0: Right. Right, and we have to realize that our body is our vehicle, right? And it's like, yep. um, like driving a car, and you know, th- there's nothing wrong with with the car per se. You know, it's not that's exactly. not a scary thing. It's here so that we can navigate life. Um, yep. I mean, that brings us to bringing the body into the equation now. Um, another topic that I really wanted to dive into is how you speak on being sexual and sensual and how that relates to your creativity and how it's vital to us as creator beings, right? So wow. like I can see how a program in the lack matrix is to have humans believe that sexuality is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And how that very idea is what keeps us from our power, right? Yep. So it's like because we want to create something and we have to connect to our sexuality in order to do it and we've been told all, our, all of our lives it's wrong – that's another reason to stay out of the body too, because it makes our body wrong. It makes our very essence wrong. So how can we create if we're not in the body? Exactly. So can you like elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I think you you speak on that so beautifully and a little bit more eloquently than I ever could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think everything you just said was very eloquent. Um, yeah, I, again, this is another part of urge that I I had already been tuning into it and I, I had been talking about sexuality a lot. I've actually always talked about sexuality as a a part of this, but that was a piece that Rachel really brought into my perspective was just because she had been working with a lot of men primarily and a lot of CEOs, a lot of businessmen. And she had been for years also, like she's been doing it for like 22 years and she really put together how much men who, what she would call urge men who were really successful in business were also really tuned into their sexual desires. And when they would get out of biz- out of uh, balance in business, they were out of balance in their sexuality and men often who were suppressed urge men often were in position, typically empath men, empathic men would serve the narcissist and really are the ones running the show behind the scenes, but don't actually fully embrace their sexuality. So hold back. They're not usually the ones in charge. They're not usually the ones running things. And so, when she and I started really collaborating and she brought that piece in, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, duh, of course. Like, and I, and I have been sexually abused. I know a lot of people have at this point. It's like who hasn't been sexually abused Um, and in some way, shape or form, because the lack matrix does siphon off our sexual energy to, to create the illusion of lack. We all serve it. We jump through the hoops. We give our power to it. That's how we keep it alive.
0: Yeah. It's energetic rape.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And if you want to enslave humans, you do it through their sexuality because we are sexual beings. That is our creative energy. And then of course, how convenient to have a program around it that it's wrong or bad. And then yet still be, creatures of desire because that's what we are and then feeling guilt about it. So it made a sense to me that like of course I'm there's this weird block between me moving to the next level in my business because I have this block with my sexuality and fully embracing it and fully allowing it. And we so often think that embracing your sexuality means being promiscuous and that that it, or even that it's necessarily about sex itself. Right. Sex is a part of it but that's actually not what When I when I speak about it, it's not really what I'm referring to. Even though that is an extension of it, really, what I'm referring to is our relationship to life and how well, how good that relationship feels. And if and we all want to thrive, even when we go into business for ourselves, we're doing it because we want to feel better. We want to thrive. We don't want to be under someone's thumb. But if we can't let our urge lead it, and this is what I realized in the beginning, I was just setting up the same BS. I, I was even my schedule and everything was like I was mimicking what I had done in the nine to five world and it Mm -hmm. didn't work. I was miserable and I wasn't disciplined in it. And I would, I was like, what, what's wrong? Why can't I get this? And I realized it's because my urge doesn't want routine. It just doesn't. It wants consistency. It doesn't Mm -hmm. want routine though. It wants something new. It wants to feel alive. It wants to feel like I can, each day I can tune in and say, what do I want to do today? What do I want to tune into? And I started realizing, well, I'm the one making my schedule. I'm the one setting up appointments. I'm the one saying when I'm available and when I'm not, why can't I, why can't I navigate my schedule around my urge instead of trying to fit my urge into my schedule?
0: Hmm. That's, that's very important. That's a very important piece because you mentioned that Um, most people want to go into business because they want freedom or they want to not be under someone's thumb or, um, they want to feel more creative and they want to be more connected to life, which really is what we want deep down. But I think it's like the first thing we always go towards and it's always over and over again, people say this, I want to help someone else. So it's like, because we're empaths, it's like, we don't even want to admit that we want to have joy and freedom and have joyful experiences in life. It's like, well, I want to do this because I came here to help other people.
1: Yep, because I'm I want it, it, right. to be worthy. That's connected having to be worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And so I do that. I just want to help people. You nailed it. So many of my clients say that when I will ask them, "Well, what do you really want to do, or what do you feel urged for?" Well, I, I want to help people, and I believe that they do, and I believe mm-hmm. that we do because we can feel and we know we've had our own experience of of what it's like to be alone, what it's like to not be witnessed, what it's like to not have anyone feel our reality and therefore feel so isolated. So I believe that is a true part of the urge. But you, you nailed it when you said it, we're afraid to admit we I just want to feel good. I want to have the best life ever. I want to, I want my whole life to feel like it's one big orgasm, one big, mm-hmm. amazing, like experience. And I want to be more present and I want to be more alive and I want a lot of money or a lot of abundance, whatever that equates. I want to feel free inside. I want to feel like I can wake up every morning and do whatever the hell I want, Mm -hmm. you know, and let my urge lead me. And, and, and even when you start really tapping into that, you can feel the resistance around it in the collective. Like, well, how, well, nobody gets to do that. Well, how, or like how, how, oh, must be nice for you to want to do that when these people are suffering over here. And yet exactly. we don't realize that it's our creative urge that's going to heal the world. The reason yep. why we keep mimicking the lack matrix and therefore war and therefore trauma is because we are afraid to embrace our urge. If every human embraced their urge and cared about how they felt and made it a priority, we could heal mm-hmm. the world overnight.
0: Exactly. It's sort of like, um, of course, like we want to help other people because deep down inside we know that we're all connected, right? Mm-hmm. Helping someone else is is really helping ourselves. But if we put that in the first position, and then we totally negate or leave ourselves out, I feel like the driving where it should be driven from is from the inside. So it's like you take care of yourself first and your needs first and admit them and come from that place. Then you're more open to helping other people from a place of abundance, not lack. Did I get that right?
1: Yes. And this ties right in. You you brought up shadow contracts earlier. This ties into shadow contracts because when we don't include ourselves in the equation, and we're letting this idea that we have to be good, and therefore, I'm, I, if I if I help enough people, or if I'm good enough, then I will deserve abundance. Then what we serve it creates a shadow contract because we create these dynamics with people where it's not transparent. It's like I'm helping you, and, and I'm saying that it's for this reason, but actually. I'm doing it because I hope in the end I get my needs met that I'm actually not even willing to state or admit to.
0: Mm. Yeah, because and it's so, not safe to, to admit that because exactly. that would be wrong of you.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. And so we end up serving others, not even just serving, but being enslaved to them because now it's like, well, I have to be worthy in order to be good. So I'm, so I have to use my creative energy to try to make sure I'm good enough for other people that I serve them well enough that I'm there enough for them that I, and this is where you can see in business, businesses getting in deep shadow contracts with their customers. The whole idea that the customer is always right. It's such mm-hmm. bullshit. It's such a terrible lack matrix bullshit thing. And that's why we have these now it's like created this conglomerate of you can't, businesses can't do anything because of lawsuits. And so it, it's like. I mean that's just a whole other path to go down. But yeah. my point is, is that
0: it feeds on itself.
1: <laughs> it feeds on itself, and mm-hmm. and it, it 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 doesn't leave room for people to be accountable to their own urge. Right that to be authentic. Yeah, we're mm. co-creating an experience together. And it, if I put myself in the position, like a business can, that I'm just here to meet all your needs, every need you have, like Amazon, for example. I mean, th- and I and I love Amazon, but but the point is, is that we it's like. We end up serving, we end up, we end up, this is what creates that genie in a bottle sort of energy. Rub my lamp and I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you, but I, it's like, I'll, I have power, but I don't ultimately have any power to set myself free because my power is used to serve you because I have to in order to be worthy.
0: Yeah. I'll be anything that you want me to be. Exactly. And we bring that to the bedroom too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we absolutely do. And Mm -hmm. then we wonder why we, we don't, we don't feel seen Mm -hmm. or or no one can meet our needs. Why no one's, because we become, this is why I have the gen magic class, because we become experts at meeting people's needs, at figuring out what they need, figuring it out before they even figure it out. Again, businesses study human psychology to the point, figure out the things they need that they don't even need, give it all to them on a silver platter. So they can just have a buffet of what they want. Do you see what I mean about it? It um, disempowering people, but then Mm -hmm. we're also enslaved to them. So it's this That's why the back and forth worthiness thing. Then the customer can be like, well, you're not worthy because this and this wasn't perfect. So now my job as a business owner is to make it more and more and more perfect. And and again, serve you more and more and more and more, whether or not that's actually in alignment with what I truly want Mm -hmm. or what, what's really, what truly is driving it for me. And then you see cancel culture happening, you know, and it's a perfect example of why the whole enslaving yourself as a genie to your audience is is pretty nonsensical in the long run.
0: So, would you say that um, having shadow contracts? I mean, obviously, it's a contract that's relational with other people. Um, would that trying to unravel that and trying to get out of shadow contracts would that be the same to you as doing shadow work? I sort of see it to be very similar because even if it's um, things that you um, come to believe about yourself, like when you were a child, let's say, um, what you made something mean about you in a circumstance, you know, Mm -hmm. creates a shadow, right? And you live with that for a long time until you heal it. Um, It basically is a form of of a contract where you had a relation with somebody and it's very subconsciously agreed to by you, by what you placed upon yourself. So it's, it's sort of the same thing, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And it, it plays into the reward punishment system because if we have some sort of belief that, experience, let's say we had an experience when we were younger that we internalized a belief that we're not enough, right? we have to earn it or whatever, then we believe, okay, in order to get love, I have to make other people happy or I mm-hmm. have to meet other people's needs or I have to do this and then I'll be worthy. And that's when the shadow contracts happens because we don't believe we have innate worth. We, we internalize this idea that we can only have worth if it's if, we, if if someone's loving us from the outside. If we're being loved or if we're getting our needs met, that means we're worthy. And then we decide, well, what are the things that I do that gets my needs met? And what are the things that I do that, that doesn't get my needs met? And then we, we spend our urge trying to figure out what that is and lock into it. And often we create relationships with people where we, it's like the behind-the-scenes fine print that's going on. But mm-hmm. we don't realize, like, the real contract is, I'm trying to get love from you. I need you to validate right. my worth. And I'll jump through whatever hoops you set up for me to validate my worth. And that's why the person, the narcissist, this is a narcissist in dynamic, but the narcissist in that scenario sets up all the hoops and love bombs you when you're doing well and then withholds love when you're, doing, when you're not doing well. And, and, and then you just see how, oh, I, like this is how I'm controlled because I don't have an innate belief that I have worth. And so therefore I'm sacrificing my urge all the time to try to jump through hoops to get love because I don't believe that love's just freely given or available or that I'm allowed to tap into it without having first being approved of by something from the outside.
0: I feel like doing shadow work – um, doesn't really get to the core because people will go to the point of um, when they were young, right? The trauma situation, when you first can remember a trauma, which is good to heal, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, it's really the lack matrix itself because if you believe that that's really what is, it doesn't matter how many times you heal a shadow that was created because it'll just keep regurgitating itself.
1: Exactly.
0: The, the lack matrix is there and that's what you're believing in and you're feeling it.
1: Mm-hmm. And we do it all the time. And then we do it to others. We withhold love when people are doing what we think they should. And then we give love when they think they are. And, and we would only do that if we believe there's not enough love to give. Right. Like my love is limited and I don't have enough to give. So I have to be really strategic about who I give it to. And yes, we do have limited energy in the sense of, throughout a day. You know what I mean? Like, unless we're constantly doing things to renew our energy, there are things that drain us. And we do have to be strategic about what we give our energy, but it's more, not even about being strategic, but discerning what gives back to me and what drains me. And it's not about this, this thing's unworthy and this thing's worthy. It's just, this feels better. And this doesn't feel as good. And if we could make it that simple instead of putting wor- getting worth attached to it, mm. I think it's the quickest way to dissolve lack. It's, it's not about our worth. We're innately worthy because right. we wouldn't be here otherwise. You're innately worthy to be alive because you are alive. This miraculous thing happened that you were born through sex, by the way, going back <laughs> to what we are. So exactly. like, we were created through sex. The very thing that we're all blocking and struggling and, and trying to control and- monopolize and yet it's, it's the essence of what we are and then we then we we believe that we're unworthy to even be here mm-hmm. so we have to hurry we have to prove why we're allowed to be here and why we're good enough or why why it's why we should be able to live and enjoy our lives it, it just really again it's nonsensical but we don't we all subconsciously get programmed with it because it's been in the collective for so long. Yeah. For, for we just millennia. accept
0: it as what it is. Yeah. I, that's why a lot of people are like, oh, I, I do shadow work. It's like a lifelong thing. It's like, well, cause you're not, you're not admitting or seeing that it's the actual matrix, the lack matrix itself. That's healing yes. this. Yes.
1: yes. Because if you continually believe you have to do shadow work, it's a worthiness thing. Again, if yes. I do shadow work, then I'll be worthy to be happy. I first got to heal this. And yes, got to check
0: the box, yeah, I did it.
1: Exactly. It is true that we've got to, we've, we've got to get out of the insanity loops and the mimic mm-hmm. programs, but it's not, it sh- it's not a box to check off. Like now you're worthy because you hit all the boxes. It's just a matter of you, li- you either line up or you don't. You either line up to your urge or you don't. You either allow your life force and your urge and your, your desires, or you don't. You either move towards what you want or you don't. And the only mm-hmm. reason we don't is when we believe we're unworthy to do so. And then we're like, Hey, what do I need to be? Do? And we're the ones setting it up. We're, whatever we believe is what we will play out. And we'll notice because we'll treat others the same way we hold others accountable. Usually to the same idea. I think it's easier to see people as more worthy than us. Whatever reason, I don't know why we innately hate ourselves the most, but I think especially impacts, but we still will play out the same relationship with others. And that's why healing our relationship to life to ourselves, others, and the planet is how we heal, how we shift into abundance because lack is about sacrificing one of those things. Myself, others, and the planet can't all thrive because there's not enough for us to all thrive. So only, only one or two aspects of us can thrive, but we have to sacrifice something. So we're always looking, okay, well, who's just, what is justified to be sacrificed? Hence why we endless debates, And endless like virtue signaling and endless, you know what I mean? Like who's intellectually superior, who's Mm -hmm. morally superior, who's more worthy, who's less worthy, who gets to receive, who shouldn't receive, who should we give our love to, who shouldn't we give our love to. It's such bullshit, all of it, because there's no reason we should be limiting it in the first place. Right. And if everyone followed their urge, everyone would be loved. Because we all are what, what our urge is loving what our urge is urging us to give our life force to is where it's needed the most. We don't even have to worry about it. Urge will take care of it. Just right. the way a tree grows. It just naturally does it through urge.
0: Now would you say that um a key to starting this whole thing might be forgiveness, because you can forgive yourself for the things that you mistakenly thought or um contracts that you had with other people or and then you can realize that if you forgive yourself, it's like um, letting go so that you can you can surrender and you can allow the abundance matrix to come into your life.
1: Yes. I, I would say forgiveness is key. And a lot of people get really triggered about that because mm-hmm. when we are in our healing journey and especially empaths, because a lot of times empaths will continually sacrifice their urge and then they resent everyone around them for it. And they feel like I have been doing everything, for the purpose of trying to be worthy. So I'm trying to put everyone first and do everything for everyone. I've been neglecting myself, neglecting myself, neglecting myself. And now I'm at the point where it's like, I have to follow me. And a lot of times impacts won't allow that until they, they have to make everyone else wrong first, because mm-hmm. then they have permission. If they're the bad ones and not me, then I have permission to follow my urge. And it's just natural to do that. I'm not even saying it's wrong, right? But but a lot of times we don't ever really get to forgiveness because in that. And when I say forgiveness, I mean forgiveness of ourselves too, because we're not willing to actually take full responsibility of I'm the one who created this. Right. Instead of like, Oh, it's everyone else's fault that I served them and that I gave my energy to them and that I neglected what I truly wanted and sacrificed what I really wanted for them. Well, they didn't ask you to do that most right. of the time. And even if they did, you still had a choice. And if you're ne- the thing that a lot of times impacts don't get is it's like we want people to just figure out what we need because we're so good at it. We're yeah. good. That's why I call us genies. We are so good at meeting people's needs because we can tune in we're, right. we're, we have this, we're really privy to the human condition. And, to the and human we
0: automatically condition.
1: give it. <laughs> exactly. So what I find for most impacts in particular is that when they finally are like, I'm done, they've gotten to a point where they feel resentment and the resentment is usually what will catapult them out of that dynamic but the next step to that and we all do it in our own timing and it's okay because anger is a part of it resentment's a part of it all of it's okay, okay but we'll never get truly free until we take full responsibility because right. all of our power is in that otherwise we still play some version of the lack well now everyone like now i can subtly and we forget how psychically connected we are now i can psychically um subtly send that kind of energy to others. They're not enough. They're not worthy of my love now.
0: Right. So to me, forgiveness, self-forgiveness or forgiveness of others is a self-care act. So like, I want to go into the self-care. Is is there something that, or things that you do for yourself personally that helps you out to like get over these types of hurdles, being an empath yourself?
1: Yes. For me, number one, and it's going to sound so simple, But number one is I've got to be in nature all the time, (laughs) like as much as humanly possible. And it's because I've realized as an empath, I'm so my emotional body is so sensitive and I so naturally plug into things and people and the grid in ways I don't even realize I'm doing. It happens so automatically and And again, I want, I just going back to how psychically connected we are and how much we influence each other psychically and how much we're picking up psychically from others and how much there is truly a war going on psychically right now. Nature transmutes that nature transmutes negative energy. And for me, when I go out in nature and I allow my empathic abilities to tune into nature, so I'm empathing nature itself for me, I need to be by running water, like rivers, Mm -hmm. rivers for me are just like the most soothing thing. And I think it has something to do with continually cleansing energy, moving energy through the emotional body and the energetic body. And that's where impacts get stuck. They don't transmute the energy all the way through. We, we, we feel it and we hold on to it. And we, get, we, we try to understand it or wrestle it to the ground or make it smaller or manipulate it into something else. Or we try to make it wrong or right or figure out if it's right or wrong or whose energy is it? Is it mine or is <laughs> it It doesn't really matter. It just move it, right. move it through. Move it through, move it through. We don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to do anything but feel it and to feel it as deeply as we can all the way through so it then moves out and i i know that for years and years and years my emotional body was just plugged up which is why i also gained weight a lot i held on to weight mm-hmm. because i didn't process or transmute the emotions all the way through my body so number one being in nature and number two is like being primal in nature which is also a piece of urge that that rachel gave me is being primal getting primal getting primal getting primal it's key getting primal and whatever that is for you but for me it's hiking in nature it's being barefoot in nature it's being naked in nature if i can if there's Mm -hmm. no one around like it's 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 being in touch with the body it's a piece of it to to fully transmute that emotional energy we've got to be in touch with our urge our urge is what helps transmute it all the way through
0: it seems nonsensical even though it's not but it seems nonsensical that in order to move uh emotional energy is to get primal because being primal is physical Yep, and and I think a lot of we like to put things into boxes, and to mm-hmm. say, well, physical is not spiritual, and spiritual is not mental, and mental yeah. is not emotional. Whereas it's a relationship, all four of them together, and actually everything is spiritual because we're spiritual beings.
1: Yeah, and everything <laughs> is consciousness. So, yeah. and everything's energy at the end of the right. day. Everything, even a mental thought or a physicality or anything you just mentioned, it's all ultimately energy, and energy is meant to move and transform. So right. we are meant to move and transform and we get stuck when we aren't willing to move and transform.
0: Beautiful. That's difficult to do, but a very important thing. And I think that's the number one thing in self-care. First of all, honoring what it is that you need yeah. and, and loving yourself enough to give it to yourself.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, and and yeah. forgiving yourself first and foremost for the past because the past is gone. You know, yeah. Be in the present yeah. and get physical and get primal. <laughs> yeah. Be in <a> nature. <laughs> cool, cool. So, is there anything that you're currently working on? Do you have any offerings available right now, or that will be available soon?
1: Well, the main thing that's always available—it's a rotating thing—is my Abundance Matrix Mastermind group, and that's—I think it's twenty dollars a month. Um, but I'm live every week in that group. Sometimes I'm two weeks. Like sometimes I do two two days in one week and skip a week because that sometimes has to happen in my schedule, but I'm, I'm live every week. And um, it's all, it's all about the abundance matrix tuning into the abundance matrix. And it's specifically for empath entrepreneurs. And it has been a really cool group. And I've, I've, that group I've had for a while, I've closed it down a few times. I've shifted it. And I feel like this last time when I've opened up access to it, we have just had an, an inpouring of incredible, incredible, Impact entrepreneurs, like it's like it's there's a fire there, and I have just never been so excited or or more. I don't know. It's just it feels like such a good momentum in that group, and it and it gives me so much hope because there are so many people stepping up into their power, and that group has so many. What I realized are the people who are joining and they're in that they're freaking brilliant and they're their impacts and they're very esoteric and they understand the psychic realms intuitively. So, so it's like everyone just sort of gets what, what I'm talking about and the conversation is really taken off. So for, for entrepreneurs who really want to dive into the mindset aspect of that, the mastermind is a really good group. And then the other thing that I'm focusing on big time right now is my tantric entrepreneur experiment. And that is closed right now, but I'll be reopening that in January. And that is just a whole deeper level on how to use our sexual energy to fuel our business.
0: Cool, cool. So, is the, I forgot to ask you before that. Um, is there anything that you would like to add before we sign off? Is there any topic that I didn't touch on that you feel would be helpful for empath entrepreneurs to know?
1: Um, I mean, I honestly think what we t- tapped on in this audio is the best it's like it's such a good place to start Mm -hmm. is first of all get out of the lack matrix understand what it is understand what motivates you to be a part of it and get to the root of why you don't feel worthy or why you believe you have to jump through hoops or sacrifice dissolve your shadow contracts and start navigating via your urge start navigating via abundance and get primal (laughs) i I think Mm -hmm. those are like the key foundational steps for someone who really wants to thrive and then I feel like when you get deeper in the game especially like the the tantric entrepreneur sort of the idea that um the nuanced ways of using your sexuality to fuel your business and really change your relationship to life itself I think that's kind of the 2.0 version right
0: Right. you got to strip away all of the stuff that's holding you back from that and then when you can step into being tantric you know then you're ready
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then it becomes really fun, and you're really just learning how to cultivate your pleasure, and the, your only motivation is how do I have more pleasure, and it's a lot different than your motivation being how do I be worthy of having pleasure.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Gotcha. So, what's the best way to connect with you to follow your work and possibly work with you?
1: Well, uh, my website is finally up. There's there's a few little glitches on it still, which we're working out, but overall, people should be able to find me and access me and and message me at amandaflaker.com. Um, and that's where you can also sign up for the mastermind group if you're, if anyone's interested and also where you can sign up for my like newsletter So you'll know when I have upcoming videos and upcoming whatever classes and, and everything else. Um, mentoring, I, I am, I think I'm pretty limited for mentoring until the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm not going to be doing any mentoring in December at all. And I, pretty booked for January. I mean, for d- November, but in the new year I do offer mentoring packages. So if anyone wants to work with me one-on-one, um, January is more the time where that something like that would be available.
0: Wow. I can't believe we're almost at the end of the year.
1: I know. 2020 <laughs> has been a trip, but it's yeah, been really so exciting. And so, uh, I've, I've just never, I know it sounds weird if, if you get out of the collective, mm-hmm narrative and actually just feel energetically what's happening. It is a massive, tr- like transformative time and it's yeah. powerful. And I think the collective is choosing abundance.
0: Yeah. It's very exciting. It's a very yeah. exciting time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: If you get out of the lack matrix.
1: Yeah. yeah if you, <laughs> if you get stay out of the-
0: in it, it's horrible time. <laughs>
1: exactly. if you're in, the- And it- that's why I remember listening to Bashar once and he was saying it was like a year ago or two years ago, but he was saying that the, um, the, the, the timelines are starting to get further and further apart and it's going to get harder and harder to switch tracks. So it's like, it is really because we are, splitting into parallel realities. So the people who are choosing abundance are taking off in their own reality. We're creating our own world. And the people who are choosing lack are going to play that out, which is massive war.
0: Right. Well, the thing that's the most empowering is that, you know, we have the control within ourselves, just focus on where you need to focus. So Mm -hmm. Thank you so much again, Amanda, for speaking with me today. As always, I'm floored by what you contribute each time you share your wisdom. (laughs) I am so grateful you included me and this podcast in your sphere of work. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited that you had me and I love this conversation as well. I hope we can do it again.
0: Yeah, I would really love to do that. Do it again. I mean, I'm already thinking of other topics that we
1: might be able to discuss, so I'll be in touch. Awesome. That sounds great.
0: Thank you for joining me on this week's episode, which is the final interview episode of Season 1 of Launching Light. I hope you enjoyed jumping into the Abundance Matrix with Amanda as much as I did. If you love her vibe, check out the show notes for her contact information and give her a follow. If you'd like to work with Amanda, check out her current offering, the Abundance Matrix Mastermind, or sign up to the waiting list for the Tantric Entrepreneur Experiment. I have provided the links for both anywhere you are tuning in. Be on the lookout for the next episode, where I will do a roundup of what I learned so far by podcasting, where the podcasting may be a good fit for you and your business and what's in store for season two, I will release the episode in the next few days. Now get out there and launch your light. Have a magical week.